Hi, this is Brian Bonanno from Pasadena, California. Happy holidays from all of us at the Lancer Radio Network.org. Hello, and welcome to the Lancer Radio Network not quite live coverage of the 2022 Pasadena Rose Parade. I'm Clark Crane. I'm Doug Ricketson. And I'm George Rodriguez. And we are your hosts for the show. This is the 133rd Tournament of Roses Parade. And for decades, Pasadena City College has been part of the festivities. Unfortunately, we aren't able to be live this year, but we have prepared an hour of stories and documentaries prepared and produced by PCC students. From the floats to the bands to the people in the stands, we'll take you on a journey throughout Rose Parade history and some of the changes and challenges that this year brings. From FanFest to EquestFest, to a city that builds its own float each year. We bring the stories to you. Stay with us for the next hour and share it with your friends. We'll be here all night. This is Lancer Radio Network, Pasadena Campus Sounds, streaming live 24-7 from the beautiful campus of Pasadena City College. LancerRadioNetwork.org. Follow us on Instagram at Lancer-Radio-Network. There are many of us who have grown up with the Rose Parade. Some have seen it in person, and others have watched it on TV. No matter how you've experienced it, the Rose Parade has left lasting impressions for all who have enjoyed it. We asked folks to send in some of their Rose Parade memories, and you've answered. Throughout the program today, we'll be sharing some of them with you. First up is the memory of Alina Kogan on Lancer Radio Network. My Rose Parade Story by Elena Kogan. When I was a young teenager, my friend and I convinced her dad to let us sleep out before the parade. However, I caught the flu, but I still wanted to go. So we arrived at 8 p.m. on the 31st and had to find spots. We found a couple. I didn't sleep all night. I had a fever and was trying to find a place to buy hot chocolate. I was envious of the people sleeping in the mattress store across from us. However, I can say I spent the night on the route and got to see the parade which had Kurt Cameron in it. As a teen, it was exciting, although I think I caught pneumonia afterwards. Thanks, Clark, for that Rose Parade memory. Ah, the 2022 Rose Parade. It's important to address the obvious from the outset. The COVID pandemic canceled the 2021 Rose Parade. After exploring all options for staging the parade, the Tournament of Roses Committee, in consultation with local health officials, painfully chose to cancel the Rose Parade for the first time since 1945. To explore the impact of the COVID pandemic and the parade's reemergence from it, we spoke with two people who have been helping the Rose Parade rise from the ashes of the pandemic. Parades, floats of every color in the rainbow, equestrians atop horses of power and beauty, marching bands whose synchrony and timing leave us in a state of awe and adulation. But in 2020, viral winds swept across the globe most parades were canceled. In the age of COVID, how could parades be staged again? 
So my name is Bob Miller, and I am the president and chairman of the board of the Pasadena Tournament of Roses Association and have been affiliated with the association since 1984. President Miller gave Lancer Radio some insights into the feasibility and safety of holding the 2022 Rose Parade. There were three elements of what I like to call our North Star as it related to would we have a parade or not. The first was to maintain public health and safety as our number one priority. That's defined as the hundreds of thousands of people who come to our parade every year, the six or seven thousand people who participate in our parade every year. Could we assure in some level of reasonableness that the public health and safety would be would be maintained. The second was to limit the financial risk and pain that was already being felt by all the participants who uh, invest heavily to be in our parade. So it was a financial decision as well. And finally, to assure that the reserves of this organization were to be maintained as healthy and strong. Our parade has been around for 133 years. Our game has been around for 108 years. Our rose courts have been with us for 103 years. The goal was to make certain that we can be around at least another 133 years. So again, it was public health and safety, it was limiting financial risk and loss, and it was assuring that this organization would be maintained for decades to come. Bob Miller goes on to detail the developments that led to the parade being greenlit. So using those same parameters, using that same analysis, uh, and working with the USC uh, Keck School of Medicine once again, we determined that uh, because of the vaccines, uh, because of the protocols that set forth by the state of California, the county of Los Angeles, and most importantly and specifically the Pasadena Department of Public Health, we could bring to the community a safe and sane parade. President Miller, coming out of this COVID-canceled year, what is the theme of the parade? And do you have any final thoughts. Theme is dream, believe, achieve. If you have a dream and you believe in your abilities, you can achieve just about anything. We just bring joy to the world. We are America's New Year's celebration, and I have a great and deep pride for being a small part of that every year. And I just give blessings and thanks to our 935 volunteers, our staff of uh, roughly 35 individuals who give their heart and soul to this parade and game every year. For Lancer Radio Network, I'm Doug Rickinson. And now, Lancer Radio Sports is going to give us some background on the other pillar of the festivities this weekend, the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl was first played in 1902 and is the oldest currently operating bowl game. It is played at the beautiful Rose Bowl Stadium. Built in 1922, this national historic landmark can sit 92,000 people. For more on this legendary game, here is Noah Caraballo on LancerRadioNetwork.org. Thanks, Clark. This is Noah Caraballo for Lancer Radio Network Sports. The granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. A historic game with stories to wow you for days and days. Many of great players and many of great coaches have blessed the beautiful Pasadena field, drawing in roaring crowds and millions of eyeballs on TV. Some more than others. USC, University of Southern California, the Trojans. With their campus located just 25 minutes away from Pasadena and the Rose Bowl, it should come as no shock the school and the bowl game have deep ties. With upwards of 30 appearances and 25 wins in the Rose Bowl, both records for the championship game, USC has had stretches of dominance in the NCAA, but none more so than with fame head coach Pete Carroll. Starting in 2001, Carroll didn't immediately make USC the top dogs they're often referred to as, but just a year later began Carroll's seven-year dominance and USC's perennial place in the top five, culminating into a 4-1 Rose Bowl record for Pete Carroll's SC Trojans. Their only blemish? Vince Young and the Longhorns. 
the likes of Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, Mark Sanchez, and many more, Carol and USC cemented their legacies in NCAA history. But it doesn't end with them. Darnold looking, throws for the end zone, touchdown! Sam Darnold took the NCAA by storm in 2017 when he and his Trojan squad met Saquon Barkley in Penn State playing in a record-breaking battle, setting the at-the-time record for most points in a Rose Bowl game with 101, shattering the previous record of only 83 points set in the way-back time of 2012. Darnold himself set three different Rose Bowl personal records with most touchdowns, most individual points, and all-purpose yards. Darnold also led the way for USC's comeback record, overcoming 14 points in the fourth quarter. This year, the Trojans will have to watch the Rose Bowl game rather than play in it. The 108th Rose Bowl game is shaping up to be a historic game in itself, though, with the 11th-ranked Utah Utes taking on the 6th-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. This has been Noah Carabayo, Nancy Radio Network, Pasadena City College, NancyRadioNetwork.org. Wow, that is some exciting stuff. But now for something a little more my speed. And let's be honest, the other main event of the festivities, the floats. Those motorized mobile gardens of Eden that just keep getting better each year. Hey, can I tell you a secret? I have a soft spot for when they break down. <laughs> Did you know that if your float breaks down, you will be fined? Sometimes 10000 upwards to 80000 Well, that's one reason why they put so much work into these. While most cities and companies now hire professional float builders, there are still some cities who build their own. That story's coming up on Lancer Radio Network, Pasadena Campus Sounds, LancerRadioNetwork.org. The first Rose Parade was held on January 1st in 1890 by the Valley Hunt Club. It was called the Battle of Flowers. With chariots and carts decorated with beautiful blossoms, seeds, and stems. Within 10 years, the parade was so popular that other cities became involved and coverage of the parade traveled all the way to the East Coast. The floats became larger and more intricate. The first woman to pilot a float was Edith Wright in 1916. As the technology changed from horse-drawn carts to automobile-powered floats to today's advanced robotics and engineering spectacles, the outside has remained just as lovely, flowers. While most floats today are built by professional companies, there are still a few self-made entries each year one of which has consistently been the city of La Cañada. Lancer Radio visited them on a crisp December morning. This is Clark Crane with Lancer Radio News, and I'm here with Greg Brown of the La Cañada Flint Ridge Pasadena Tournament of Roses Association. Which, first question, what is that? That is a local community group that builds floats, and we have been doing it for the past 43 years for entry into the uh, Pasadena Tournament of Roses Parade. So that is a, a great and rich history then. Are, how many other cities still build their floats? Uh, I believe there are six self-built floats. Those aren't all cities. That includes um, uh, the Cal State uh, float, but, uh, but basically we're down to a, a final six. It's, it's shrunken greatly from the old days. It's entirely volunteer, 100% volunteer, and 100% um, supported by community gifts and grants and members. In fact, we've got uh, one family that's here today that's uh, three generations. And in fact, the, uh, the parents met while working on the, on the float 
got married, they have a child, and the child's here today. So it's absolutely a family and community event. In fact, I had just met two of the generations earlier when I had the pleasure of interviewing Jeff Helgager and his mostly silent young son about some of the structural changes they have recently made to the chassis. Tournament actually changed their regulations on for towing capacity and we didn't meet the requirements. They were asking for tow capability of uh, 30,000 pounds at a 45 degree angle. So we actually ended up during this time with the COVID and completely rebuilt our front end and our back end by completely tearing off and going in with a heavier structure walled steel. So the whole back and front end of this chassis is actually brand new. We also met Chuck Terhune, who along with many people there has decades of experience working on this float. We caught up with him as he was carving out many of the styrofoam dogs that skate around on the outside of the float. Yeah, this year we're, uh, we were doing sculpting using styrofoam instead of use, bending steel and rod and doing screening and gluing and foaming. Grant and, and his design team have come up with a very challenging float to build uh, engineering-wise and uh, we have these great creatures which are huge. These are huge creatures. And just there's a bigness when you see that going down the Colorado Boulevard, we're hoping we'll catch everybody's uh, attention because they're, they're goofy and they're silly and they're big and they're, you know, they're lumbering and they're really cool cats, you know, uh, dressed as dogs doing some skateboard stuff. There's a track that runs the, the circumference of the float and it's all based on, on roller coaster technology. It's individual wheeled carts that are all attached together and all move together around the track underneath the, the body of the float. So all of these characters will be taking their ride around the skateboard or around the skate park uh, on, that, on that track. So that's, except for, of course, we've got the teeter-totter here. He, as the teeter-totter moves, he goes back and forth. And then the end is uh, palm trees. And that guy will be going up and down as the palm trees sway uh, back and forth. At least that's the plan. We'll see how it, uh, <laughs> we'll hope that it uh, all works. This has been Clark Crane for Lancer Radio Network, Pasadena Campus Sounds, lancerradionetwork.org. Elite marching bands from around the world make their way to Pasadena, California each year. Their music is a big part of the Tournament of Rosa Parade's 133-year legacy. In addition to the usual logistical challenges visiting bands already encounter, the bands performing in this year's parade face the relentless challenge of a global pandemic. Travel restrictions, safety measures, and the general malaise that has settled over much of the world hasn't stopped this year's marching bands from making the trek to the Rose Parade route. This is one of their stories. 
started at PCC and I'm still here. Kyle Luck is a Pasadena City College educator and alum. He's been a professor here for over 16 years and he's been a band director for 27 years. I can reflect back. I actually marched in the Rose Parade in this band for three years as a member and in the drum line percussion section and then worked as an instructor with the drum line here for several years as what we call now professional expert. It used to be the old Horrell Field long before they have the new Robinson Stadium. That's back when we didn't have any parking structures on PCC. Still remember having to get here early so I didn't have to wait an hour to find a parking spot back then as a student. Not much has changed except now there's plenty of parking spaces. As the hosting venue for the annual band fest, Pasadena City College is in a unique position to assist visiting bands. We also help by providing uh, some percussion equipment, drum major podiums, things like that to help them so they don't maybe have to bring as much of their equipment when they come, especially the groups that travel from a long ways away. For Lancer Radio Network, this is Jens Campbell. Can't wait to hear that band at the upcoming Bandfest. It's always great to hear the musicians of tomorrow follow their route through the world of education. Folks, don't forget, coming up next, the parade's finest enter the world of performance in the annual Equest Fest. We'll share more memories of student bands and parade goers alike, and then yours truly will reveal brand new vendor viewpoints on the upcoming frenzy. And don't forget, further down the line, all your favorite bands will come together for one unique celebration. There's lots of fun to be had on this coverage of the 2022 Rose Parade. Stay tuned to Lancer Radio Network, streaming not quite live from right here in beautiful Pasadena, California on LancerRadioNetwork.org. Hi, this is Brianna Olmos from Los Angeles. Happy holidays from all of us at the LancerRadioNetwork.org. Are you interested in radio productions? The Rancer Radio Network is a fully student-operated radio station streaming 24-7 and providing high-quality live, remote, and downloadable radio contents. We have talk, sport, music, and news and other various genres of music programming show. Rancer Radio Network provides a radio production curriculum that prepares students to work in various broadcasting and electronic media areas. Each coursework covers essential aspects of radio, audio, post-production, announcing, and writing for broadcasting broadcast and digital media. Students work as a producer, announcer, editor, DJ, and production crew to provide their unique radio programs. Also, Rancer Radio Network offers paid internship in professional faculties, including commercial and public broadcasting company. If you'd like to listen and learn more about Rancer Radio programming, visit rancerradionetwork.org and consider to taking courses in the following semester. Your mic is ready to be hot. Pasadena City College's NESA is an academic program that supports educationally disadvantaged community college students majoring in math, engineering, and science. MESA aims to help students transfer to four-year institutions as majors in these fields. For more information or to apply, visit www.pccstem.org. What's up, it's Jay Robles from Lancer Radio. Wanna know why I like Pasadena City College? I like PCC because everyone is super friendly and kind and the campus itself has great vibes. PCC is where you want to be next semester. We are always welcoming new Lancers. Hi, this is Brian Bonanno from Pasadena, California. Happy holidays from all of us at the Lancer Radio Network.org. 
Welcome back to Lancer Radio Network's Pasadena Rose Parade coverage. I'm Clark Crane. This is the 11th year Pasadena City College radio students have produced scripted pieces for the event. The students went out and found their own stories, set up the interviews, and scripted and edited them for our show. We would like to thank the Tournament of Roses Committee for giving us media passes to these events and welcoming our participation with open arms. Even with the challenges of COVID this year, we strive to bring you professional coverage of this year's events. We hope to follow in the tradition of Lancer Radio Rose Parade coverage. This year, after the painful cancellation of last year's event, we look back through the eyes of those who share their memories. This is Lancer Radio Network, Pasadena Campus Sounds. Rose Parade Memories of Mark and Nancy Terrell. Mark and his parents used to walk a couple of blocks up from their house to the parade route. He did this every year until he was 18 and moved out. His dad would sell parking spaces in their backyard for $1 a car, too. We think the time I got sick was 1973. We rode around on the back of Mark's motorcycle all night. It was a couple of years before we got married. We wanted to have dinner in Pasadena on New Year's Eve some 20 years later at Ernie Jr.'s, but they had closed. So we walked around a while, got bagels, and went home. This is Doug Ricketson. A variety of eateries line the route to the Rose Parade. The vendors that dot the parade thoroughfare have seen all kinds of spectacle over the years, and for some recently opening their doors, the parade represents an exciting and challenging opportunity. Lancer Radio producer George Rodriguez spoke with the restaurants recently opening their doors to find out how they're readying themselves for the big day. Colorado Boulevard, the famed Route 66. Could you imagine in just a few minutes, thousands upon thousands of people would line the streets in order to experience the extravaganza that is the Rose Parade? Not only does the Rose Parade bring tourism, it also brings e-commerce. So today, I speak with the owner of the Crave Cafe upon anticipation for his upcoming business. So we've been here in this location for almost like eight months, and it's going really well so far. Uh, we open from 8 a.m. in the morning till 2 a.m. weekdays, and then 3 a.m. on weekends. And this location is brand new, so it's going to be a new experience for us. Experience. Yeah, it's either or. It's either we're going to be infected and it's going to be slow for us, or we're going to be really busy. So we don't know yet. That's the first first year for us over here. So we're going to play by ear and see how it goes. But from what I know, that all the streets going to be closed. People are going to be camping in front of a restaurant. So probably a lot of people going to be hungry and thirsty. They want a food. So probably they're going to come in and grab some food or something to drink. What do you think would be the most popular item during the parade? Uh, the crepes. Crepes. The crepes. Sweet crepes. Sweet crepes. Yeah. I order the crepes right now. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to see anticipation for the upcoming Rose Parade. So, from one small business to another, I talked to the manager of Salt and Straw for their thoughts on the upcoming rush. 
So Salt and Straw, we've been here in Pasadena um, for two years now. November was actually our two year anniversary. It's gonna be my first time, yeah, so very excited. Um, we've heard a lot about it and how busy it can get. So we are prepping for it. We're gonna have all hands on deck. We're gonna be making hundreds of waffle cones, so we're ready for it. Uh, so mostly excitement. <laughs> but you are familiar with kind of the crowd influx, right? With oh yeah, crowd? yeah, definitely large crowd. Um, I know from the team that was here last year, they told me that it was madness outside in a good way. Oh, yeah. Everyone's really excited and happy and people start camping out the night before. Mm -hmm. So our doors are open to everybody. So very exciting. I see, I see. As you know, the crowds can get kind of a little rowdy. Oh yes. Is there any item you would recommend to any customer? Yeah, definitely. I would recommend our almond brittle with salted ganache. It's a fan favorite. Uh, it used to be part of our classic menu, but now we only bring it in December. So it's very popular. That's good to hear. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you. You know, sweet crepe and ice cream in hand, I got to thinking. Could they be overwhelmed by the craziness that is a million people? Yeah, I am overthinking this, aren't I? After all, the people I've talked to have had past experience. Manager Anna gave me the scoop. Is there any kind of crazy story you've ever had of any customer? Luckily, not so much here. I know outside that it can get pretty crazy. Um, the most of the craziness here is probably just our restroom line. We do open it to the I public. See, see. Um, we never want to tell anybody no, so the biggest thing for us is just that. Um, but no personal stories for us. Everything luckily happens outside. Well, that's good. Yes, yeah, so we're ready for everybody. I see. Well, that's interesting. What is it here? Over here? Yeah, over here. I mean, we get crazy, like, crazy people. Like, we get drunk people on the weekends that they want to fight with somebody. Uh, some guy, random, random guy, came over and he broke our windows. Yeah, that's the craziest one. He actually broke our windows and he broke Starbucks windows and there's another shop. So he broke like three stores. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a crazy night. Okay. So there you have it. Despite all the chaos that comes with the Rose Parade Millions, the businesses of Colorado Boulevard are more than ready. I once again give thanks to Crave Cafe owner Samir and Sultan Straw Manager Anna for giving me a vendor viewpoint. Dial out. Early on in the show, Lancer Radio producer Jens Campbell introduced you to Kyle Luck and the Pasadena City College Tournament of Roses Honor Band. Not all the bands performing in this year's Rose Parade are from our neighborhood. The Tennessee State University aristocrat of bands traveled all the way to Southern California from arguably one of the most musical states in the union, Tennessee. Like any educator, um, I consider myself an educator first and foremost before I'm a band director. Dr. Reginald A. McDonald has been a music educator for over 32 years. He is currently the band director of the Aristocrat of Bands at Tennessee State University. This is the 75th anniversary of this band and the first time the band will be performing at the Rose Parade. And we rehearse four times a day, um, starting at eight o'clock in the morning uh, to prepare for not only the Tournament of Roses Parade, but we was preparing for Band Fest. We was preparing for the Disney Parade. And also um, we was preparing for the Los Angeles Lakers. And we were preparing for the California African-American Museum. So we had about five performances that we were preparing for all at oh, one time. For an in-depth interview with the African-American Museum, as well as Dr. McDonald, you can catch that at caamuseum.org. This is Jens Campbell with Lancer Radio Network. Winston Churchill once claimed, no hour of life is wasted that is spent in the saddle. I suspect the writers performing in this year's Tournament of Roses Equest Fest would agree. EquestFest represents an opportunity for equestrian groups across the U.S. 
to present horses and riders bedazzling this year's parade route. Lancer Radio Network faculty advisor Sarah Barker and a team of PCC radio and video students spoke with riders attending this year's event to find out what goes on into preparing for the parade performance. Seventeen equestrian teams from across the country mounted their saddles for the Tournament of Roses EquestFest this year. The event showcases the horses and riders performing in the 133rd Tournament of Roses Parade. The Hawaiian Pau riders have shared the traditional Hawaiian art of equestrian riding with Rose Parade patrons for 11 years. Meet Leala Cook. My name is Leala Kaiolani Cook. I am born and raised from Waimanalo, Hawaii, on the island of Oahu. My parents are John and Lita Cook, who I just lost my dad last year. You know, he was 91 years. My whole passion is to perpetuate our Hawaiian culture, as well as the beauty and the uniqueness of our pa'u riders. Pa'u is actually a skirt that we wear on horseback that is held up by six kukui nuts. There is no zippers, there is no buttons. So it's a unique way of draping it and putting it together. And then we have all the beautiful, beautiful flowers, fresh flowers that we bring from Hawaii and we create them on the horses as well as our body lace and for our hair. It's something that you really only see in Hawaii, but we are proud to share it to the people of the world. Our governor, Ariyoshi, in 1981, asked my parents to represent the Aloha State in New York and take nine Pau princesses, as well as my mom is the Pau queen, and they took five male escorts with them to ride in the Madison Square Garden in New York. Since then, they had traveled all over the world. They have been to Oregon, they've been into Washington, Las Vegas, Wisconsin, Wyoming, uh, Montana, and they also rode in the Belgium Father Damien Parade. My parents have been invited to the Pasadena Rose Bowl 10 times. People come all over the world to see it live and it's very well put together with a lot of class. It's just so beautiful and it's just a blessing to be invited to be part of this uh, Rose Parade. This year will be very special for myself and the group as we honor my dad, John Manahua Cook, in this year's uh, Pasadena Rose Parade as we ride down the, the road and represent my dad. So it'll be an honor, truly an honor. Norco Cowgirls Rodeo Drill Team performs daring and dangerous equestrian maneuvers in rodeos around the country. These disciplined gals ride in support of veterans' benefits, breast cancer research, and their great hometown of Norco, California. Meet the founder and drill team captain. My name is Michonne Bowen, and I founded the Norco Cowgirls Rodeo Drill Team in August of 2008. And it's just kind of been a, a whirlwind of fun and work, but you know, it's a labor of love. So um, it's a lot of fun. It is very dangerous. Um, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of skill. Riding your horse has to be kind of second nature because you spend a lot of your time and, and focus on making sure the lines are straight and your spacing is even and you're looking left and you're looking right and you're constantly adjusting. 
this year's parade theme and, and the state of our country and, and the turmoil and everything, we chose a, a patriotic red, white, and blue this year. And these are, these are new outfits that were designed and created specifically for the Rose Parade. We always try to pick something bright and, and colorful, and if it has a little extra bling, that's a positive. We had a saying that said, you know, if we can't dazzle them with our drill, we're going to blind them with our bling. The team utilizes American paint and quarter horses, and um, basically a paint horse is kind of quarter horse blood, so he has all the athleticism and the intelligence and the work ethic of the quarter horse, but he has that beautiful paint color. It's fast paced, so there's a lot of intricate maneuvers. You'll see patterns form in the arena, you know, with our horses. And so there'll be uh, what we call like the wedding rings, which are two interlocking rings. There's a maneuver called the suicide wheel where we're all headed towards each other and going through each other. So it's just a lot of fun to see the maneuvers come together. You know, I think for the audience, that's fun. This will be our eighth year in the parade. You can almost feel the electricity in the air. And when you turn down Colorado Boulevard and you see the walls of people cheering and wishing you Happy New Year, it's a pretty special way to bring in the new year. The riders performing in this year's Equest Fest and Rose Parade brave the rain and the challenges of COVID to communicate their love of the sport and the art to you. To fully appreciate the Hawaii Pau riders and the Norco Cowgirl Rodeo Drill Team, be sure to look for them as they weave their way along the six-mile parade route on January 1st. You can also watch them and their fellow riders in this year's Equest Fest by visiting Lancer Radio's YouTube channel, PCC Lancer Radio. We'd like to thank Liala Cook and Michonne Bowen for sharing their stories with us. I'm Sarah Barker, and this is Lancer Radio Network at lancerradionetwork.org. Y'all come back. Riders and horses each year always pull out a pleasant surprise, not just in the parade, but in the festival itself. You know, there's been something that's kind of been on my mind. Could you imagine how much time it goes into learning to ride? <laughs> Lots of time and dedication, my friend. Hey folks, if you're learning to ride as we speak, we can fill your time with more of our produced documentaries. Just up ahead, we've got more flashes from the past. It's parade-goers' old memories, fond or otherwise, of the Rose Parade experience. Not to mention, we've got even more stories from student bands and their route to the Rose Parade. Speaking of bands, you should feel sorry for yourself. How could you forget? Because even beyond that, all of your favorite bands we've covered will come alive in the annual Tournament of Roses Band Fest. This is Doug with Clark and George. Streaming, not quite live, from Lancer Radio Network right here in the beautiful city of Pasadena, California. Stay tuned to LancerRadioNetwork.org. Hi, this is Brianna Olmos from Los Angeles. Happy holidays from all of us at the LancerRadioNetwork.org. Are you anxious? Frustrated? or just feeling down, stop by Psychological Services and talk to a counselor. We are committed to helping students cope with the transitions of adulthood by increasing their awareness, knowledge, and resources. We attempt to meet each student at his or her need level, whether in a crisis situation, 
experiencing an exacerbation of a long-standing problem, or anticipating forthcoming changes. The Psychological Services Program helps students to handle the stresses of college life. Learning to master these challenges will enhance the student's psychological, educational, and career development while at PCC and long after. Stop by L108 or call 626-585-7273. We are here to help. PCC's First Year's Pathways program provides students guaranteed full schedules, including difficult to get English and math courses in the fall and spring semesters of the first year at the college. Pathways provides students with critical support they need outside of the classroom so they can complete their academic goals in a timely manner. For more information about PCC's Pathways program, visit www.pasadena.edu pathways. What's up, it's Jay Robles from Lancer Radio. Wanna know why I like Pasadena City College? I like PCC because everyone is super friendly and kind and the campus itself has great vibes. PCC is where you want to be next semester. We are always welcoming new Lancers. Hi, this is Brian Hua from Pasadena. Happy holidays from all of us at the Lancer Radio Network.org. Welcome back. This is George Rodriguez. I'm joined by Clark Crane and Doug Rickardson. If you are just joining us, you've made it just in time for Lancer Radio Network's coverage of the 133rd Pasadena Tournament of Roses Parade. Let's return for a moment to Jen Campbell for another story along the route to the Rose Parade. This time, we feature a very special entry, one that combines a float with a band for the first time in the parade's long-established history. The name? The Band Director's Marching Band. And that's, that's what this is all about, is saluting all of those, those band directors who do this day in and day out. Co-director of the Band Director's Marching Band, John Chassetti, a music educator for 40 years, came out of retirement. Along with co-director John Waters, the band director, not the film director, they have gathered 275 band directors from North America to honor the late Mike Sowell and service through music. You know, there are so many stories say if you played in the orchestra uh, you can look back and see what that that activity did for you in terms of uh, working with other people in a cooperative way to produce something that you could all be proud of think about the numbers of lives that have been positively affected by our directors ranging in age from their mid-70s in retirement all the way down to uh, senior music education majors just ready to take that first step you take the acumen of all of these people and think about the as as John said, the lives that have been touched. For Lancer Radio Network, this is Jens Campbell. Listening to these Rose Parade memories is a little bittersweet for me. I didn't grow up with the Rose Parade. In fact, a lot of this is totally new to me. But that just makes me appreciate what people have to say all the more. Yeah, and don't feel too bad. There are plenty of people who grew up here and they've never been to the parade too. I mean... I've never seen Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Unacceptable. It has balloons. Well, yes, I've seen pictures of the balloons, but mostly just highlights. I'm sure if I was there to watch it live, I would totally get into it. Just like in this memory on LancerRadioNetwork.org. When I was a kid, my aunt would take me to see the parked parade floats. 
we didn't actually ever go to the parade. Seeing the floats up close and personal was the best part. You see, my aunt absolutely loved flowers. To this little Mexican lady, making that trek on the bus to see these massive floats was a real treat. I recall walking around for hours as she admired them all. I remember she'd have me go around whatever barrier there was to get as close as possible to the floats so she could take a picture. And as much as I would tell her we weren't allowed to do that, she would look at me sternly and with clenched teeth tell me just go quickly while no one is watching. Inevitably, the man in the white suit would come over and ask us to stop. Of course, we did this repeatedly. My aunt's gone now, but I have wonderful memories and old photos of me looking fearful of the white-suited man I knew would be coming soon. Now let's return for a moment to the Route to the Rose Parade with Jens Campbell. This time around, Jens introduces us to Gibson County Mass Band, directed by Jeremy Tate. The Gibson County Mass Band represents a 1980 decision to combine five competitive high school marching band programs in rural Gibson County, Tennessee. Thus, the Mass Band was born. Every four years, the five bands join forces to provide a musical showcase for the West Tennessee Strawberry Festival. This year marks the first year that the Gibson County Mass Band will be participating in the Pasadena Tournament of Roses Parade. I do understand what it's like to be a classroom teacher because I'm in the classroom two classes a day. Consulting band director Jeremy Tate is making the dream of late band director Pete Evans come true. The Gibson County Mass Band, comprised of five high school bands from rural Tennessee, is going to the Rose Parade for the first time. The relationships that you build uh, within a band family is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the students almost become an extension of your family. This opportunity through music education is allowing them to see and do so much more, which is, it, it makes me emotional yeah. because I've been so fortunate. Sorry, I didn't mean to get emotional. Mr. Tate is clearly passionate about his band family and education. Each music program uh, around the globe uh, depends on people uh, just like you uh, who are tuned in and who are listening uh, for ways that you can plug in uh, to music education. Even if you've never been involved in music education yourself, uh, I encourage you to, to get involved, even if it's through support or by any means um, possible because it, it, it's it's much far reaching uh, than notes on a page. Uh, I will tell you firsthand of that. For Lancer Radio Network, this is Jens Campbell. All right. We are coming up close to the end of our show and we have discussed a lot about the Rose Parade. Let me ask you guys a question. Okay. We've got bands. Mm-hmm. We've got horses. Yep. We've got Floats. We sure do. Yeah. Who is yeah. the king of the Rose Parade? Which of those is the biggest thing for you? Well, for me, I'd have to say the bands are my favorite. Mm-hmm. The bands are my favorite. There's the iconic thing that when you think of a parade, all the other stuff is great. The floats and, and whatnot. Uh, but the bands are what really stick with you because that sound just gets into your ear and creates an earworm that you feel for days. What do you think, George? Got to be the floats. Can't have a parade without floats, right? If you have a parade without a float, what do you really have? Just a marching band. Balloons. Balloons, that's right. But think about this. You can have speakers and play music that way. 
What about you, Clark? You know, I, as much as I love the bands and I love music, I have to agree with the floats that the, because it's the Rose Parade. Exactly. And so I think that the flowers finally, it's just a little bit more uh, to it and having, especially seeing how the animatronics and the amazing types of floats that come, I think the floats are the king. The floats two against one. are the king. Yeah. I guess I'm outvoted two mm-hmm. to one. Two to yeah. one. But we're all winners here. Yes. That's right. And we are going to be coming back soon with our continued coverage of the Rose Parade here at Lancer Radio Network, streaming live on www.lancerradionetwork.org. Pasadena Campus Sounds. All right. Hi, this is Brianna Olmos from Los Angeles. Happy holidays from all of us at the Lancer Radio Network.org. Are you a Pasadena City College student or faculty member in need of childcare? The PCC Child Development Center has you covered. With a variety of childcare programs available covering morning, afternoon, and evening schedules, the PCC Child Development Center can help you succeed as a student or faculty member. Financial aid is available to students and staff who qualify. Slots are limited, and enrollment is based on eligibility and need. If you have a child aged four months to five years old, you may qualify for the General Child Care Grant. For TANF families, the GAIN program may be available to help. GAP funding is also available for those who qualify. With the convenience of having childcare on-site, there is no need for students and staff to run to pick up or drop off their child, leaving more peace of mind to devote to your studies and lessons and less on who will watch your little one. Contact the PCC Child Development Center today at pasadena.edu forward slash cdc. Pasadena City College's NESA is an academic program that supports educationally disadvantaged community college students majoring in math, engineering, and science. NESA aims to help students transfer to four-year institutions as majors in these fields. For more information or to apply, visit www.pccstem.org. What I really love about Pasadena City College are all of the professors who work in the television and radio industry. They have loads of knowledge and they're teaching us a lot of things that we can apply in our careers. I really love PCC for that. This is Lancer Radio Network. Pasadena Campus Sound streaming 24-7 at lancerradionetwork.org. And if I'm not mistaken, I am George Rodriguez. We've talked about the Rose Parade, we've talked about the floats, we've talked about the horses. Oh my goodness, how could we forget about the bands? Not only do they march in the parade for six miles, but they perform in front of crowds at Bandfest 2. Formations, towers, and trumpets galore. Let's take a closer look at Bandfest 2022. Every year, marching bands from all over the world travel to Pasadena, California to showcase their talents. But before these hardworking musicians march for six miles down Colorado Boulevard, they gather for a band fest. Here is Pasadena City College Honor Band Director Kyle Luck with more on this event's history. When I was a student, Bandfest was a one-day, one-show, and only seven bands were invited. It's it's evolved quite a bit. Three shows in all bands that are in the Rose Parade 
are required basically to perform at Bandfest. So it's not an option anymore, it's part of the package. This year's Bandfest was delayed by one year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Some of our favorite band directors weigh in on the challenges they face due to the pandemic. How do we make adjustment to achieve um, educational outcomes that we want? Dr. Reginald A. McDonald, director of the Aristocrat of Bands at Tennessee State University, speaks on their school's approach. One of the things that um, really helped us was when I went to weekly uh, COVID testing for the entire band, and I managed to keep 217 kids here on campus safe last year. Here is Professor Jeremy Tate with the Gibson County Mass Band. Obviously, like the rest of the country, we try to keep in our, our individual pods mm -hmm. uh, just so uh, to, to mitigate the the spread of COVID-19, and, and uh, so um, uh, we, we, we tried to um, use every outdoor space uh, that we possibly can. Even with the challenges the pandemic created, these band directors never lost sight of the importance of music education. I could, name, I could, I could go on and on with, with naming the qualities that music education provides for our students, um, but uh, and, and, I would, and I would be willing to bet that most band directors would test that, that, that the students that make up their band programs are probably uh, some of the top students in that school, both behavioral-wise and uh, academic-wise. Co-band director of the band director's marching band, John Chisetti. We, we use music as, as our medium, mm -hmm. and we want to develop those musical skills and, and give people opportunities to use their, their talents uh, to the fullest of their potential. But we're, we're also uh, touching lives and, and helping uh, to build a, a better world. Co-band director of the Band Directors Marching Band, John Waters. It's, it's really remarkable just to be a part of a project and to be really the embodiment, the physical embodiment and representation of music education and what it does for our young people. This is Jens Campbell with Lancer Radio Network. In a regular year, the Rose Parade attracts bands from all over the world. And while we would love to have them, of course, health concerns make things a little different this year. However, we were incredibly lucky to have bands from all over the country, and especially their fans that traveled all this way to support them, including the Allison family from Iowa, we're here to cheer on their son. We were supposed to come last year with a senior and a sophomore, and unfortunately our senior didn't get to come because he graduated. So we're here with our junior, and we're happy to be here and enjoying California, even though it's a little rainy. But uh, it's great to be with the band and support them and, and have a lot of fun. BandFest begins every year with the Rose Parade Honor Band and the PCC Herald Trumpets, which is the only band allowed to play the incredibly appropriate Everything's Coming Up Roses. Arcadia High School celebrates their 17th time in the Rose Parade. We spoke to the band directors to find out how they did it. Well, our typical fall season is um, we do a lot of parade competitions throughout the Southern California and then a bunch of field show competitions as well as our home football games. So preparing for all of that led us to, to what we're performing here at the Rose Parade this year. Community is a, is a real strength for Arcadia. Um, even city council down to the police that allow us to block off streets to practice, you know, for this event. And while the weather may have been cold and rainy, 
Everyone in the audience was warmed by the energy of Tennessee State University and their first Rose Parade appearance. it for our coverage of BanFest 2020. We'll leave you with Pasadena City College's own Harold Trumpets and the melody of Old Lang Syne on Lancer Radio Network. Pasadena Campus Sounds, www.lancerradionetwork.org. So I put out a signal asking for Rose Parade memories, and it's been great hearing everybody's different ones. And it's something that I've really enjoyed in producing, putting them together. And so we have our last one here for today. And thank you so much for everyone who sent in their stories and those that were not used, maybe will next year. And here we are, it's the final Rose Parade memory on LancerRadioNetwork.org. A Rose Parade memory. From Don Marie Rosian. Growing up on Orange Grove Boulevard, I have many fond memories of the Rose Parade. My family lived close to the end of the parade route. It was not too far from where the floats were parked. By New Year's morning, we had a house full of people. After we all gathered, we would walk over to watch the parade. When you could bring ladders, We would carry them tandem, adult in front and back, with a child or two in the middle. The year they told us we could no longer use them, we used them to sit on like precarious benches. When I was older, I watched the parade my second year at PCC in front of the campus. It was wonderful. The Rose Parade always equates to many happy memories. This is the end of our coverage today. This has been Clark Crane. And I have been George Rodriguez. And I'm still Doug Rickinson. And this has been a really great hour. But let me ask you guys now, what are some of your final thoughts about the Rose Parade and maybe this experience? Well, I have kind of a dark secret to admit. I've never been to the Rose Parade. As somebody who grew up and lived in Northern California for close to 40 years. I never experienced a Rose Parade, but that doesn't mean I don't have a memory of it because my context now is I live a little bit away from Pasadena and I catch the Metro line to uh, the Allen station and I get off the Allen Metro line. I walk down and I start to see 
first thing I see is a billboard. I say, wow, this coverage of the Rose Parade is going to be pretty big. And I'm just like, okay, okay. And I walk to school, and and a couple weeks later, they're starting to put up all of these huge, huge bleacher seats. And it finally, finally begins to dawn on my penny little head that what a big event this is. And how pretty massive to the community here it must have been uh, this last year to lose it, okay? And I guess that would be my main memory takeaway that I, I get from this is I've seen how much effort and time and emotion, particularly with people like Bob Miller, uh, and, and how important it is to the community. So I'm really glad that they've been able to uh, reestablish it. Really glad. Absolutely. Uh, I, I've been blessed. Uh, I've been blessed that uh, I grew up with the Rose Parade. I grew up here in Glendale. And one of my greatest memories is when I was a teenager, uh, one of our youth leaders, he, his office was right on the parade route. And so he invited all the youth uh, from my church to come and do a, a sleepover in the office. We slept in sleeping bags, had had horrible junk food, which, of course, teenagers can eat. And while everyone else was cold outside, we were in heated offices and sleeping on carpet floors and with pillows, and it was fantastic. And then we had a private bleachers uh, because they had their parking lot was fenced off, and it was great. And this was also the year that I got to help decorate because I was part of Key Club. And so I got to climb up on a scaffolding 20 feet up in the air and put flowers on top of a sombrero of a per, of a float and so when it comes by and i'm just yelling that's my sombrero i did that sombrero <laughs> and it just it was so fun and uh, it, that was a, a great great memory very different from the memories of when it rained i have those too mm. uh, a lot of us have both the the fun and the nightmare stories of the Rose yeah. Parade. But those are some of my great ones. George? You know, much like uh, Clark, I was in Key Club, but much like Doug, I never really participated in the parade. However, uh, for this past hour, I've been actually writing a little spoken word. Often I like kind of writing kind of epic speeches. So I wanted to do a little spoken word on the theme of the Rose Parade education. So this is George Rodriguez with Float On. Education is the pursuit of knowledge, and it's often said you never quite stop learning. For all of us, there's been lots to learn. Coming from the heels of an unknown future, our route to the Rose Parade has been littered with a handful of potholes. Now, that, I know that for certain. I was jumping into an expedition I was unfamiliar with. However, none of us, experienced or otherwise, could have foreseen the wave that rocked the vessel. And yet, down on our luck, we learned of a surprise lesson. It was the lesson in optimism. Optimism is quite a powerful thing. It brings merchants and vendors alike to a new land of prosperity. It brings athletes together for a chance to become a legend. It brings together students from all walks of life, aiming to become something bigger than themselves, to hone their craft and broadcast their talent to the world. Education is optimism. It's not just simple words and numbers. It's hope for the future. 
It's our shot for the best and brightest to gain valuable knowledge. Knowledge of the world around them. Knowledge of the emotions inside of them. Knowledge that will follow them into the vast beyond. Education makes the world turn. From the simple amoebas at dawn to the majestic equestrians that gallop into the sunset. Covering the parade, whether the team broadcasted live or not, has been an unforgettable memory. After all, without the pursuit of education, would I have found this venture? Would these college walls stand at all? Would I be the man that I have become? That's a lesson I could never forget. Even through harsh times, float on. Thank you and happy 123rd. That is 33rd. Awesome, <laughs> 33rd. Oh, man. It's all good. All right. Thank you so much. This has been Clark Crane. This has been Doug Rickardson. And I have been George Rodriguez, I believe. <laughs> and this has been Lancer Radio Network's coverage of the Rose Parade Tournament. Uh, we would like to thank the Tournament House and Candy Carlson, Marketing Director for the Tournament House. And also, all you listeners and the support of the Tournament of Roses, it takes a village. It takes a whole group. And we had sure many, does. many students who are not here today who worked on this. The Rose Parade is completely run by volunteers. And please visit thetournamentofroses.com for more information. And we want to thank Pasadena City College and the students and Lancer Radio Network. And please support Community College Radio today at lancerradionetwork.org. This is Brianna Olmos from Los Angeles. Happy holidays from all of us at the Lancer Radio Network.org.